Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. What up, fam? Welcome to the show. We're in the middle of July. Now it's time to sit back and listen to me, your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. As the title intro just told you, of course. What, 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 what's going on with y'all this week, huh? I know I can't hear you, but you know, you, you could reach out. I never said you couldn't. So, anyway... You know, let's let's get the normal stuff out of the way. You know, like it's like and subscribe. Check us out on social media. Go to nicksnerdnews.com. But you, you're not here me. You're not here to listen to me market myself. You're listen. You're here to listen to me talk. And and before I do that though, I I do want to issue a um an apology for last week. I did say that uh, we were at 110 episodes. You know, we're at 115 today, so last week was 114, so we're well beyond what I said we were at. So, you know, I just want to issue a retraction, if you will, and and fix uh, the things that I said improperly. But, anyway, let's move forward and let's talk about what's going on this week in the world not a whole lot, surprisingly. <laughs> anyway, what I think is probably the coolest Lego set in the last year, because, you know, really cool Lego sets come out all the time, is Lego has partnered with Nintendo, which we already announced about the Lego and, and Mario sets. Well, to tie into that, they're releasing a set on August 1st of this year for $229, it is a Lego recreation of the NES, the new Nintendo Entertainment System, or Famicom, depending on what part of the world you're from. And it even comes with a little TV with like a crankshaft to make it look like you're playing Super Mario Brothers, like the first one. So it comes with, uh, you can make your own cartridge, a console, controller, a TV, everything. This thing's fucking sick, dude. And honestly, w like I said, it's one of the coolest sets I've ever seen. And the fact that it has like a little thing that makes it look like you're playing the game is even better. Uh, you can even plug in like that new Mario brick thing that they have that has like power in it and does stuff. It will like play music uh, that, that matches the game like dun 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 dun. So that's, that's really cool. And uh, like I said, releases October, October, August 1st for $229. I am all over the place today. A lot of things are coming out. Uh, 15 games have been announced for St Stadia, uh, some of which are Stadia exclusive. Um, I didn't think people were really still playing Stadia, but that's definitely a thing if you are still interested. So yeah, Stadia, that's a thing. I think Orcs Must Die 3 is one of those. Anyway, moving on. How many of you guys are stoked for the new Flight Simulator, Microsoft Flight Simulator? I'm sure a lot of you are. Well... Be prepared for a whoppingly sized game. It is going to be around 150 gigs to install on your device. And 
If you're looking to get the special physical edition of the game, the company Aerosoft um, is working with Microsoft to create a special edition of the game that is 10 discs, 10 double-layer DVDs and a printed manual that comes in a nice, really nice box. And essentially, they, they contain... Now, I'm sure a lot of you think, 10 discs? What the fuck? Well... That's so you can play the game, essentially, without ever having to connect to the internet. You will have the full version of the game to be able to play on your device for all aircraft, not DLC aircraft, obviously, and, and pretty much everything. Uh, it's pretty much all of the game's assets. So the, the simulator code which runs it is what's the small thing. It's the assets that are, are this, this big. Uh, essentially, it's for smaller... Um, People who have like don't have great internet, I guess. Uh, it releases August eighteenth, and for both Xbox One and PC, I could have sworn it was PC only for some reason. But one hundred and fifty gigs. Granted, that game looks fucking spectacular if you've seen any images or videos or clips. But yeah, one hundred and fifty gigs, and if you want to shell out for a physical edition, it's gonna be ten discs. <laughs> That's a lot. For a flight simulator game. Of all things. Of all things. It's crazy. Anyway, speaking of Sims. Not The Sims, but of Sims. Skull and Bones, which was... Everyone was hoping to be Ubisoft's next great pirate sim game. Is... Which has been pretty much MIA for the last year and a half. Rumors are now swirling that it might have been rebooted in a way. Rebooted in a way to be more of a live game, games as a service type deal. And uh, some are saying that it was inspired by Fortnite. This is per Video Games Chronicle, who says that according to development sources, that uh, the game has, quote, had been struggling to carve itself a unique position among Ubisoft's existing portfolio of open world games, and that they want to, quote, shift away from the premium box model. And they are looking to go towards a, quote, a persistent game world with quests, characters, and storylines that will drastically evolve and change over time based on the collective actions of the community. Hey, Ubisoft, Microsoft called. They'd ask, they're asking you to uh, not copy... <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. I can't even think of... Sea of Thieves, Jesus. <laughs> wow. Terrible joke. Anyway... I guess the, the team behind Skull and Bones is looking to do, like, live storytelling, uh, similar to what Fortnite does. Uh, it was originally delayed in 2018 to a 2019-2020 year. Uh, again, it was delayed last year, and as of right now, again, no planned or expected release date. And I just don't get what's going on. It was first unveiled in, in 2017. And we have not seen it for almost a year and a half now. I'm worried about the game, because that game looked fucking awesome. Of all the things that I really liked about Assassin's Creed 4, which were not a lot, it was the pirate shit. It was the stuff where you get to sail around in the Jackdaw, around the Caribbean, and then there were those four epic ships that you could take out in each corner of the map. You can go whaling, you can go like hunting. Granted, they brought a, an aspect of it back, in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I know it was in Rogue a lot. I didn't play Rogue, 
But that's what I was stoked about Skull and Bones. Because it looked like it was just going to be that all of that game. And that's why I didn't really get Sea of Thieves. Because it was just... I know it's really fun. Because I've seen people play it. And I know people have a shit ton of fun in that game. It's just... I, I don't know if it was the cartoony aspect for me. Or, or I don't know what it was. But it, it just... It didn't... Like it didn't hook me. Like the way Skull and Bones did. And I don't know if that's just because I am like a slave to Ubisoft games. <laughs> like I play... I lo- Ubisoft's probably one of my favorite publishers. Not gonna lie. It, it just... I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I, I think it's the realism aspect of it that, that draws me in more than anything. And Ubisoft tries to take a... As historically accurate approach as possible when it creates older games like that. And... Being the historian... That that really intrigues me more than anything. So, I, I I'm I'm leaning towards that's probably the reason. But who knows? I just hope this game shows its face at some point in the future, and, and we get an idea of when it might finally come out. And I know they announced last week that there's going to be a new, another Ubisoft forward. So maybe we'll be there. Who knows? Who knows? We don't know yet. Anyway, how about this? Sony has allegedly increased production on the PlayStation Five console. To 10 million units for the year. I don't see why they wouldn't have done that to begin with. Which, to me, raises concerns that they don't think that their console was going to sell as well as they thought it might. Or it's it's going to sell better. Uh, uh, or no, they, they probably didn't expect it to do as well. But now hype is real. So, but that goes along with rumors circulating that if you pre-order it from them... You might be limited to one console per household, which that in itself is is going to be very interesting indeed. And it's going to be interesting to see how those go for on the aftermarket. And if you think this is great timing, especially with, you know, the Halo Infinite gameplay reveal being next week, Halo 3 is now on Steam and PC. So if you're looking to, to pretend like it's 2007 again and get wrecked, Halo 3 is now on PC for you to play. Download it on Steam or through uh, the Microsoft Store. Speaking of games that never die, uh, PES, or uh, Pro Evolution Soccer, the 2021 version of the game will not be a full title update. This time, uh, I don't know why, but Konami has announced that uh, Pro Evolution Soccer will be released on September 15th at around £24.99, uh, British sterling. Uh, no yes price has been announced. Uh, it will be called eFootball PES 2021 uh, Season Update. So it's not a full game. You're just getting an update for players to match this year's stats. And very strange indeed. I don't understand. I guess if you own the 2020 version... I don't understand what's going on. So it's not a paid DLC, but it is a, a certain release. I don't I don't get it, man. This doesn't make sense. I guess next year, PES or Pro Evolution Soccer 2022 will be a full upgrade and they'll use the next gen Unreal Engine next year. So this year's just a smaller season update. Uh if people even I I know people play Pro Evolution Soccer. I just don't know if it's at the same level as FIFA. I don't know. Speak up. Speak up if you do. I'd love to hear. 
what your your stuff is on those. Of all the times I've played FIFA, and I'm I'm talking about like a decade now, over time just playing with friends, I think I've scored like two goals. I'm terrible at the game. And I'm not great at sports games, but I'm like next level terrible at FIFA. I just like to get red cards all day. So I'm, I don't know how Pro Evolution Soccer plays. I'm guessing it's similar. Can't get really different in, in soccer games. But I'm guessing it's very similar. Uh, we also finally have an update on the doc. Dr. Disrespect has finally spoken. He has broken his silence. And he was speaking... Uh, he was interviewed by PC Gamer, I should say. And uh, to quote... Yeah, that's the kind of mind-blowing thing about all this. Obviously, for legal counsel, I have to be careful here, but I can say, however, that I will not be returning to Twitch. So, I mean, that's it. Um, he said he's not interested in exclusive partnerships any longer. Uh, he has still not yet been notified, according to PC, his PC Gamer interview, as to why he was permabanned from Twitch. And uh, they did ask him if he was going to sue, and he said, we are, we, we are considering taking legal action. Uh, they asked him, uh, I guess he caused controversy, stirring up the pot with conspiracy theories regarding COVID and 5G towers. He said, I don't think so. Um, publicists cut him off per the interview. Uh, then they asked him out, uh, asked about a number of different things. Um, a lot of bans were being handed out on Twitch for sexual assault and, and things like this. And he said, listen, I'm not interested in engaging crazy speculation. I've seen all the theories. I've seen all the possible conspiracies. And it's just like, I'm just not interested in engaging that type of stuff. I have a great community of loyal fans, and I'm totally focused on getting back and delivering great, entertaining content, and that's where the focus is. Quote from Guy, Guy Beam, who's, who plays Dr. Disrespect. Remember, Dr. Disrespect is a character. And um, in relating to that time, the, the when he did find out he was banned, which was on stream, he said... I was in a moment where I was just sort of, take, sort of taking in what's going on in the world, you know? If people had context of that clip going into it and then coming out of it like all I was talking about was just the state of the world that we're dealing with, dealing with the protests and the coronavirus and everything that was happening, it's just like, man. And at that particular moment, I think I was just kind of going through, uh, you know, like, when can we break this funk of 2020? It was just me being real on stream, and that's pretty much the context of that. Uh, people want the doc to come back. You know, people are are saying the doc come back. Uh, he hasn't said if he would go to YouTube or Facebook. He has his own website called the Champions Club. Um, he did want to make clear, though, quote, we're not interested in, in exclusive at this point. So, um, he did say he might take his character outside of streaming. Remember, he did sign a TV deal last year. So, it'll be interesting to see. What happens with the doctor? Just remember, you won't be seeing him on you won't be seeing him on Twitch anytime soon. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Anyway, this is interesting for sure. So Microsoft made a couple announcements a couple of announcements this week, considering they're only going to be talking about games on the twenty third. For starters, Xbox Live Ultimate will now include. Um, or Game Pass Ultimate, I should say, will now include Project X Cloud starting in September. So that's that's where you can play Xbox games on your phone. Obviously, if you have X, uh, Game Pass Ultimate and an Xbox Live. But on top of that, 
Microsoft has officially stopped selling 12-month Xbox Live Gold plans. I wonder if they're going to start pushing Game Pass Ultimate, because that's what I'm thinking. And, or they might be changing something up with Series X coming down the road. Uh, but per tr tw uh, True Achievements, the 12-month plan is no longer being sold, but the 3-month and 1-month are still available. And per Microsoft, they said, at this time, Xbox has decided to remove the 12-month Xbox Live Gold SKU from the Microsoft Online Store. Customers can still sign up for one-month or three-month subscription online through the Microsoft Store. Now, if you don't have Game Pass Ultimate, then, to be honest, I think you're, you're missing out on an amazing deal. Yes, it's 15 bucks a month, but you're getting Xbox Live Gold, and you're also getting Game Pass for your computer, for PC, and for Xbox, which is access to a shit ton of games. You don't own the games, but you can always purchase them for a discount because they're not always there permanently. However, you do get all Microsoft first-party releases day and date on Game Pass. So, instead of buying, like, a $60 game every couple months, you might get it and granted, some third-party games launch day and date on Game Pass. So that, that's an option. Or they come shortly after. But you get first-party games. But uh, Granted, I, I still buy them just because I'm not... I know they're never going to leave, but I just like to have a physical version of a thing. And that way I, I do support the, the community still. But I use Game Pass more on my PC than I do on my console. I've gotten a lot of good games on there, like uh, the... Uh, Ultimate editions of Age of Empires, like the remastered. I've gotten the Halo games now on my PC as they launch. I have the Halo Wars games because, you know, sometimes I just want to play on my computer. I don't always want to sit on my couch to play Halo Wars. Hell, I even have like Rise of Nations and older games like that. So there, there's really good games on Game Pass that you can get on your PC or on your Xbox just because of Game Pass Ultimate. So there's a lot of stuff on there that that's... That's worth it. Plus, you're getting Xbox Live. Now, I don't think they're getting rid of Xbox Live anytime soon. I know people are like, well, you can play free online on your computer. You shouldn't have, have to have a paywall on your console. And I get that. I get that 100%. But that's where, you're, that's where Microsoft's making their money on Xbox right now, is through services, right? They're making their money through Xbox Live. So I don't foresee them getting rid of it. If anything, I see them reducing the cost a tiny bit for Game Pass Ultimate to get more people in to that. And I could totally see that. But, I don't know. To go along with that, though, as we get closer and closer to the launch of Xbox Series X and whatever their more than likely pretty much confirmed but open secret all-digital version will end up be calling, they have decided to discontinue... Uh, that doesn't mean you won't be able to buy them anymore, but they're no longer manufacturing the Xbox One X, uh, which is what I currently play on, and the Xbox One S All-Digital Edition. So that's the one they launched last year as a pilot program. And I know people just shat on it. It's like, oh, why would they do that? And then Sony comes out and does it for PS5, and people are like, oh, that's fucking genius. People are fucking stupid. Anyway... Those two consoles have been discontinued, uh, so you'll probably start seeing them go on sale as soon as the new consoles start coming out. Um, but if you do want an Xbox One X, which is one of the best things to play on if you don't have a PS4 Pro 
or if you don't have uh, a 1X, obviously, and you're looking to upgrade without going to the next gen right away, um, you'll probably be able to get those on sale as we get closer and closer to the launch of, of Series X. Bungie also announced this week that Destiny 2 Beyond Light has unfortunately been delayed until November. So if you're looking to get your hands on the next expansion, that has been delayed. And I wonder, I wonder if that is to coincide with the launch of Next Gen and get Bungie on Next Gen. Because they already said that it's going to be like a free... Um, uh, Destiny 2 is free to, free to play at this point, right? But I wonder if that's a, a way to get them to launch on the Next Gens with something like that. I wouldn't put it past them. Would not put it past them. Anyway, before we get into something I just want to talk about... How about this? Ghost of Tsushima has a Kurosawa mode. So if you don't know who Kurosawa is, uh, he is a famous Japanese director. Pretty much influenced Star Wars to a major degree. Akira Kurosawa. They have an option on Ghost of Tsushima where you can play the game in a black and white filter meant to emulate the films of Akira Kurosawa. And if that's not fucking awesome... I don't know what is. And I still haven't decided yet on, on if I want to get the game or not. I, I still need to play play a, a massive backlog. And I do need to take a look at some more, you know, different gameplay from other people. Uh, as I, I just haven't fully decided just yet. But I, I know... I know that it's going to be something that I'm interested in, but who knows? Who knows? Anyway, I, I want to talk about what I'm expecting at the Xbox Games Showcase on Thursday the 23rd. So be, you'll probably be listening to this after it airs, so my, my predictions will mean nothing to you. Uh, I fully expect Forza 8 to be announced and unveiled for Xbox Series X and Xbox One. But what I don't know is if it will be smaller in scope, if it will be bigger in scope, what it will be. Uh, we all know that Forza took a year off last year for the first time in a while, uh, ever since the Forza Horizon series had been announced. Uh, I don't foresee Forza Horizon 5 coming this year, probably next year at the earliest, just because it's been rumored that Playground Games has been working on Fable, or the Fable reboot. Or at least another team that Playground spun spun up, especially after Microsoft acquired them. Um, so speaking of which, I I fully expect Fable to finally be revealed. Like it it's it's almost guaranteed at this point. It's an open secret. Everyone talks about it. Everyone knows that it's happening. It's just not official. Who knows? We all could be wrong. I really don't know. Uh, this is a first party only, so I don't expect a whole lot of third-party announcements, maybe in the pre-show that they keep hyping up, that different people will be there. I, I do know that Halo will be a major part and will finally get gameplay reveal. I don't know if they're showing off multiplayer, but they will show off campaign. I wonder... There's a lot of rumors floating around about it possibly, possibly being open world, or there will be an open world element. Uh, there's rumors flying that you play a set campaign as Chief, and then there's an open world element where you play as different Spartans or ODST members. I don't know if that will happen per se. I just want an awesome campaign that harkens back to 
every Halo campaign has always been big, epic things. Five didn't do well for a lot of people because a lot of people aren't steeped in the lore. I personally liked five, the campaign, but I'm I'm deep in Halo lore, like I'm chest deep, right? Halo, uh, Halo Five, Halo Five. I'm sorry, Halo Four campaign. Very personal story for Chief and Cortana. Didn't jive with a lot of people, but it was really good, oh, nonetheless. Now, when you come to campaign, Halo One, obviously the goat. Halo Two, probably right up there with it. Some people put Halo Two above it. I still put Halo One. No, Halo Three is obviously the top three are the original, right? There's no, there's no arguing there. Now, some people might put four above three. No one's unfortunately ever going to put five up there just because it's kind of convoluted. And five was just, you didn't really play as chief that much. And marketing was mismanaged. And we weren't necessarily given the game that was sold to us. But I'm okay with that. Like I said, I, I had no qualms. My Well, I had a few. Let me rephrase. I had a few qualms. The biggest being you don't play as chief that much. It's like you can't play... If you're going to play a Halo game without Chief as the forefront, don't make it a mainline Halo series game, right? Do one of the offshoots like ODST, Reach, Halo Wars, something like that. Now, we pretty much know the Banished are going to be in it. Uh, I wonder if Cortana and her Awoken, I think they're called, are joining her. If they'll be involved in some capacity. I wonder if Red Team, who was from Halo Wars and Halo Wars 2, will show up and interact with Chief at all. I'm hoping Blue Team will be back, because that is one aspect I did enjoy from Halo 5, was having Blue Team around, hearing about them so much in the lore. You know, it's Chief's go-to people, uh, Fred, Linda, and Kelly. And if you don't know about Halo lore, Fred is actually number two in Spartan hier hierarchy. So it's like it's, it's Chief, Fred, and then everybody else, essentially. Now, what I'm hoping for, that they show off some kind of multiplayer. Let's not break, let's not fix what's not broken from Halo 5 multiplayer, which I personally felt was one of the best since Halo 3. Matchmaking was on point. Uh, adding classic weapons back was fucking great. Forge in Halo 5 was next level, so let's let's keep that going. Uh, if they bring Warzone back, I, I wouldn't really care. I, I do have fun playing it. It's just not enough people play it, and maybe they could fix it or tighten it up a bit. Uh, it's not Battle Royale, but it's it's 12 on 12 plus PvE, so there's also AI enemies that you could fight, Covenant or, or Forerunner, uh, or as they're called, uh, Prometheans. But I just... I really hope that they... What they could do is you can take what's great about Halo 5 multiplayer and what's great about classic Halo multiplayer, like no sprint, no other gimmicky shit, like clamber and stuff, as cool as it is. You can get rid of that and, like, merge them and bring back, like, overshield and stuff. And I think you'd have the recipe for a perfect multiplayer. Right? And I, I hope they go back to, to, to designing, like, actual maps again with, like, actual, like... Don't get me wrong, there's some amazing, amazingly designed maps in Halo 5 that are beautiful and gorgeous. But then there's some maps that just look like they were just created in Forge as just a, a placeholder. And they don't have a lot of, like, definition. And there's not a lot to, like, look at. They're just kind of amorphous blobs. 
that are like gray and stuff and like rock. And yes, they're still well designed. They just, they don't look nice. They're not fun to look at. They're just very bland and basic. And, and that's, that's my issue. But I just, I cannot wait to see what happens, what they show off for Halo Infinite. And I'm very, very excited. But I know for sure, campaign, I'm hoping they show off multiplayer. I'm telling you Forza 8's coming, and I think they might dial back some things and maybe go back to, like, old-school Forza for that. Guaranteeing you that Fable gets announced. If it doesn't, I, I'll i be shocked, honestly. I don't so foresee any third-party stuff getting announced unless it's, ex like, exclusive stuff. And, and of course, you know, everyone always says Splinter Cell, Splinter Cell, Splinter Cell. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm sure we'll see more of Everwild, which is Rare's next game that they showed off last year or a couple months ago. That looked really cool. But, and I wonder if we'll get an announcement of more studios that were purchased. But I don't really see a whole lot of third-party stuff. It's all first-party exclusive stuff. And Aaron Greenberg promised it will be one hour of games only. No developer talk no well developers will talk about their games if anything no um business stuff no peripherals no hardware nothing just software just games 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 not like what happened with with their showcase in june no may that showed off like some third party stuff which was not a great showing and without E3 this year, it's been just really weird across the board. Even even the PlayStation Vive reveal was kind of just like, oh, okay. So I'm just hoping that there's some, like, knock-me-off-my-feet moments, mic-drop moments, you know. But in an hour, you don't have a lot. But Halo needs to have a good showing, and that's for sure. Because it's their tentpole. It's their biggest tentpole. Um, we're talking about a, a Halo console launch game for the first time since the first Halo back in 2001. Which then brings me up to think, what are they going to do for Halo's 20th anniversary next year? Right? So, I don't know. I don't know, folks. But that's it for gaming. Let's move on to what's going on in the TV realm. Huh? What's going on in TV land? What do you guys know? I don't know. I'm about to tell you though. How about this? Giancarlo Esposito? That dude's all over the place right now. Is hinting that Moff Gideon, his character in Star Wars The Mandalorian, might be force sensitive, huh? Now there's a thought. Force sensitive? Moff Gideon? Which now people are starting to think, is he an Inquisitor? I saw that on Star Wars Explained. That's a great YouTube channel I follow. What do you guys think, huh? Moff Gideon, Force-sensitive. Former Jedi, maybe? He's too young, technically. So he would have been a Padawan, but still. Interesting take for sure. If it's true. Uh, sticking on Star Wars there for a minute. How about this? Lucasfilm has announced that their next animated project that will be coming to Disney+, and unfortunately we have to wait till next year for it, will be an animated series... All about the Bad Batch. That's right. The Bad Batch, which got their own four-episode arc this year on the Clone Wars final season. 
will be getting their own show. So we get to follow them more than likely through the whole Clone Wars. So it's another Clone Wars-centric show, which I'm perfectly fine with. I mean, three-year war, a lot of shit to cover. That's for damn sure. And I'm, I'm happy they didn't do a sequel show that was going to be like Resistance, because that show fucking sucked. If they were going to do a sequel show, I'd want it like more closer, uh, you know, in between more, between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Um, or if anything, I'd want it post Rise of Skywalker, because that'd be fucking cool too. But I am very happy they're going back to play in, in the Clone Wars era. Totally fine with that. That is a just a, a fun big playground that, that hasn't been explored much. And I'm all for watching The Bad Batch. 100%. But uh, that will come next year. Unfortunately, we have to wait. But that's big news for Star Wars. We do have some sad news, though. Grant Imahara, one of the famed members of the Mythbusters team, has passed away. Uh, if you guys didn't know, he actually did a lot of work for Lucasfilm and the prequel films as well. So he is, he is near and dear to many Star Wars fans' hearts. Uh, he was the driver for R2-D2 in the prequels. Uh, also part of the, the great myth-busting team, you know, with Jamie Heineman and Adam Savage and uh, Kari and... Uh, oh man, I don't remember the other guy's name, but Grant. Grant was real fun. Uh, he had a lot of really cool builds. And, you know, he went on to join his fellow castmates for the White Rabbit white rabbit rabbit project on netflix where they pretty much did the same thing but it just sucks man that you lose someone like that especially especially when you knew that they had many years left of of bringing joy to people's hearts and it's unfortunate you lose someone like that but i did have the pleasure of seeing him in person once i didn't get to meet him but it was star wars celebrate no was it Celebration? It was, yes, it was Celebration. In 2015, before Force Awakens, um, so the first Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, and he was taking pictures of, well, he was involved in a photo shoot of, like, some famous people in the nerd community in, like, these really f done up, almost like cosplay, but, like, uh, they were corsets, of, like, different Star Wars characters. Like, one girl even had, like, an Admiral Akbar one and an Akbar mask. Uh, actually, actually, that's the first time I met um, Adrian Curry. I mo met her multiple times. I know, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> crazy that I've met her multiple times. Um, but I met her at Star Wars Celebration for the first time in 2015. Have a picture on Instagram with her. But uh, Grant Imahara was there taking all their photos. Unfortunately, he was taking photos, so I didn't get to really stop him and say, hey, big fan. But just a little story to tell. I know a lot of people enjoyed him, and as I did, on, on Mythbusters and, and everything else. And like I said, he did a lot, a lot of awesome work for the Star Wars prequels, but he will be missed. Uh, Netflix has announced that they have a new animated series coming to the platform uh, based on the popular anime series Yojimbo. Sorry, it's a comic book series, not a not an anime series. Um, but they will be doing a 3D uh, CGI show based on, on the character. Uh, how about this? Peacock launched last week to uh, little fanfare, if any at all. You know, with, with no Olympics, you know, that make, <laughs> makes sense, really. 
But if you're trying to hook up like a computer or tablet with an external HDMI, well, you're out of luck. Because more than likely you're going to be getting an error message that says video configuration is not compatible with Peacock. And that's mainly to stop Google, uh, well, Fire users for one, and Roku users, as, as those two platforms do not support Peacock at this time. And uh, per their tweet, per Peacock TV Care, it says HDMI connectivity is not supported at this time. Users will not be able to view via external monitor connection. They will need to use their PC, mobile, or one of the other supported devices directly. Here's a link to our devices. So I get not supporting Roku and, and Amazon Fire, but for people who want to hook up their laptop to a TV, that's pretty shitty, people. I mean, that's fucking stupid, if you ask me. But it uh, there are free options of Peacock. And there are paid versions of Peacock available now on most, if not all, of your streaming plat uh, service uh, provider options. Uh, smart devices, I should say, uh, excluding Roku and Amazon Fire Stick. So, sucks to be you if you're one of those folks, which still s applies for HBO Max as well. Anyway, yeah, that's the world we live in right now. Anyway, um... If you were looking forward to watching The Falcon and Winter Soldier, like I was this August on Disney+, Plus, well, we're all out of luck. Because unfortunately, because of the COVID delays on the production of the show, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier will not be premiering this August on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that sucks. It was delayed. No current release date has been given. If you guys have missed Tiger King and want to get more, well, you're in luck. Animal Planet will be airing a Tiger King document focused documentary in the coming weeks. Uh, that was filmed right before Joe went to jail and will focus on the animals at his zoo and what happened to them. So you get a little bit of a little bit of Joe Exotic still in your life there. Uh, this time on Animal Planet, so it might be censored in a way. We also got the first teaser trailer released for the new Chucky show that's going to be airing on Sci-Fi. This will be a continuation of the film series, as, as this will not allow uh, will not cross over with the recent remake film adaptation, uh, and which this time in the show Brad Dorif will return as the voice of the killer doll. Uh, that will I think premiere later this year or early next year, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sure we'll know more at Comic-Con at Home next week. Also, uh, don't give up on uh, future of Hannibal just yet. Uh, the showrunner announced that he is still hoping to sell the show to other networks and is hoping to have an answer for everyone soon. But that's cool. I know a lot of people were into that show. A lot of people were pissed when it was canceled too. But uh, Find a bit of TV news here. It looks like Spoiler TV is claiming that Space Force was renewed for a second season by Netflix. We haven't had an official renewal just yet, but I'm sure it's coming. A lot of people like that show, and of course they want to keep that copyright thing to just kind of stick it in the face of the government. But I don't know, that'd be funny if it actually happened. But I'm hoping they get a season two renewal, because that show is great. It was a slow first season, but a lot of comedies are, you know, they as they, they figure out what, what they're trying to do. And Space Force, I think, figured it out 
and if you give them a, a lot more time to shine, they'll they will, they definitely will. Um, that's it for TV though this week. Um, just want to talk about some stuff coming to Disney Plus in August since we got that earlier than than Netflix and things. On the seventh, looks like they add on Fridays here at Disney Plus. Uh, Prince of Persia as well as X Men and the Peanuts movie. On the fourteenth, we're getting. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, The Greatest Showman, and The One and Only Ivan, which is a Disney Plus movie, original movie, or it's an original Disney movie. I think it was supposed to be in theaters, but it got pushed to Disney Plus. And, um, you know what, actually, Peanuts movie is the 21st of August with Beauty and the Beast, and Fantastic Four is coming on the 28th. So that's all coming to Disney Plus next month. A lot more, obviously. I'm just talking about what I think you guys might be interested in. At least if you listen to this show, I think you'd be interested in that stuff. Um, moving on to movies. Charlize Theron confirms that Atomic Blonde 2 is currently in the works with Netflix about a possible uh, production of the sequel. And when, when I say in the works, I don't mean Greenlight or production started it. They're talking, essentially, is, is what that means. That's Hollywood speak for talking. Uh, and James Gunn and other writers and producers on on the... The Scooby-Doo movie back in the early 2000s, because uh, James Gunn wrote it, if you don't know, have confirmed that Velma was gay in those films, but she got with a guy. Anyway, I guess the, the, the studio did not want them to, to uh, pursue that as, you know, it's a wholesome kids movie and this was the early 2000s, but be interesting for sure if, if that <laughs> actually happened anyway how about this the just what am i saying the uncharted movie has finally begun filming yes the uncharted movie with tom holland as nate and matt damon or matt damon mark Wahlberg as sully why we didn't get the uncharted movie with mark Wahlberg as nate granted that wouldn't have been much better. Anyway, just uh, I, it's finally happening, right? After years and years and years of delays and losing directors and things like this. But it's finally happening. They started filming. So that uh, should probably be out in the next year and a half or so. Maybe. If that. But, yeah, Uncharted. It's actually happening now. Watch them lose another director while filming. That would just be part of the course at this point for that fo for that movie. Um, speaking of video game movies, uh, Just Cause Film has finally landed on a director, uh, the, the man who directed Stuber, and it will be written by the John Wick writer. That just tells me I'm going to fucking watch this movie. Like, the games are fun, because they're just wacky as shit, but they also have great action in them, and if they can keep that up in the movie, I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm sold. 100% I'm sold. I know they made like a Just Cause movie like a while back that was not good. But if you get people like this in, then then it's probably going to be decent at least. And we all know how video game movies turn out. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, anyway. What's going on, huh? How about this? Black Adam, the movie Black Adam, has cast another superhero to go up against or with The Rock's Black Adam. Uh, this time, Noah Centineo 
has been cast as the Atom Smasher. The guy they cast is kind of like skimpy and scrawny, and yes, I know the Atom Smasher can, like, change his appearance, but, like, the Atom Smasher is supposed to be this, like, super jacked, yoked dude that can get, like, huge. So, I don't know, man. Uh, whatever, I'm cool with it. More superheroes, that's, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I just can't wait to see what The Rock looks like in his outfit. Um, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans have also signed on to star in the next Russo Brothers film, which means it's probably going to be epic in some capacity with the Russo Brothers, Chris Evans, and Ryan Gosling in it. Uh, no word on what that's really going to be about just yet. Uh, and then we got our first image of Godzilla vs. Kong. It was a promotional image that came out, and it shows both of them fighting on an aircraft carrier. And it looks like they shrunk a bit, so I'm a little thrown off. Well, it looks Kong's bigger, but Godzilla looks like he shrunk. I think. I don't know, it's a promotional image for, like, toy boxes. So, it, it's 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 neither here nor there, really. So we don't, at least it's an idea of what it's going to look like when they fight. And I'm all for it. That movie should have been out already. Then it was delayed till November. And now it's been delayed till next year. So, yeah, I'm still waiting on that. Can't wait to see it. Hopefully a trailer drops this week during uh, Comic-Con at home, though. I'm, I'm very, very, very excited to see what happens with that. Because the movie's been done for a while. I'm really hoping a trailer comes out this week because um, we should probably get in a lot of trailers for movies that are filming that got delayed but yeah that's it for movies this week uh, just a little bit of more things to talk about um, so a couple weeks ago we talked about the new Back to the Future Transformer that's coming out if we did maybe I don't remember his name was Gigawatt and he's a DeLorean a transforming DeLorean well Hasbro has followed up with a new Transformer called Maverick Based on Top Gun. Uh, comes with a motorcycle. And a volleyball. <laughs> and he does transform into an F-22 Raptor. But. Yeah. That is a new Transformer. His name is Maverick. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Marvel has also launched a new. Uh, ha exclusive high-end collectible site. Called Marvel Made. And. If you do like more exclusive stuff, it is uh, those they're selling directly to fans. It's in collaboration with Reed Pop, who is a co uh, convention uh, organizer, who Disney also uses for for uh, Star Wars. Funnily enough, uh, it is live, so you can go there now. They have a lot of stuff. Um, you'll get an exclusive cover if you buy stuff from there. They have various uh, uh, exclusive covers. They have different pins. A lot of cool designed pins, um, different bundles of different books and comic variant covers, as well as like journals, a whole lot of stuff. And you'll get an exclusive gift for the first 1,000 customers and a lot of different things available. Um, stuff will be sold first come first serve, first serve basis. And uh, per Marvel, they said, Over the years, Marvel fans have gotten more and more excited to collect high-end exclusive merchandise we offer at conventions, festivals, and other special events. And we've received more requests than ever from our diehard fans for more ways to celebrate the Marvel Universe. 
said Mike Pasciulo, Pasciulo, I'm guessing, VP Marvel Marketing Communications. Marvel Made is the next step in the evolution of our convention merchandise, which will expand that sense of community and deepen our relationship with fans, all while offering the same level of quality and exclusivity our fans know and love. We can't wait to unveil the rest of these items in the coming months. So there you go. Marvel Made. Which makes sense because, you know, there's not a lot of conventions this year. So they got to hawk their wares somewhere. And a lot of Comic-Con stuff is actually available online this year. But granted, of course, because there's no physical Comic-Con for people to go to to buy this stuff. Anyway. Uh, DC has also announced a couple of things. Um, the first, they announced a new Night White Batman White Knight sequel called Batman White Knight Presents Harley Quinn. And it will be all about Harley Quinn raising her kids after the death of the Joker in the White Knight storyline. And they've also announced Rorschach Lives, uh, their new Watchmen sequel. And it is, like I said, it's uh, Rorschach Lives. It's set 35 years after the original comic. Uh, it will be a 12-issue series under DC's Black Label, written by Tom King, who is probably one of the best comic writers around right now. And... It will release uh, later this year, so it's not anything. It's nothing like before Watchmen, which I don't know if that considers. Um, it doesn't have Reggie Long, who was the new Rorschach in the Doomsday Clock series. So I wonder what this is going to be. So it says like the HBO Watchmen show, and very much like the original '86 Watchmen. This is a very political work, said Tom King. It's a very, it's an angry work. We're so angry all the time now. We have to do something with that anger. It's called Rorschach, not because of the character Rorschach, because what you see in these characters tells you more about yourself than about them. And apparently there's a new Rorschach. Um, interesting. But it's a detective's trace, and... Interesting. Um, it will release October 13th. And we'll know, we'll probably learn more about it at DC Fandome next month, which is DC's answer to not having Comic Con. And it looks like they're going after the president. And it looks like they try to assassinate someone but are killed. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to read it. I gotta read Doomsday Clock. I was waiting for it to come in out and trade paperback, but yeah, that's a thing. And then uh, that's it though for this week. I'm not gonna talk about the Twitter scandal because that's over and done with by now. But anyway, as always, guys, check out nixnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you like, you can uh, listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. We're on all of those services. Unfortunately, I don't know why, but iHeartRadio will not let me on their platform. Uh, I've tried multiple times, but they could care less, apparently. <laughs> anyway, uh, while you're there, also check out our social media tab where you can see our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram feeds. I post a lot of memes on all of those that are not mine, but I think they're funny and I want to share with the world. So check those out or just search for Nick's Nerd News on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us. Just look for the logo. Anyway, that is it, guys, for the week. Thank you guys for stopping by.
hopefully get some cool Halo stuff announced this week at the Xbox Games Showcase on the 23rd. But other than that, I will catch you guys on the flip side.